You're listening to the Winning Teams Podcast, presented by Jet Dental, the premier pop-up dental clinic for workplaces nationwide. Now, here's your host, Jordan Smith. Hey, everyone, and thanks for joining us on the Winning Teams Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to be speaking with Nick Greer, and Nick is the co-founder and CEO of Built Bar. Happy to have you on the show today. I love it. Jordan, any time I get to spend with you is an absolute <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I wanted to give a little background on, on Nick. Uh, as I mentioned, he's the co-founder and CEO of Built Bar, which is a low-calorie, high-protein bar that tastes like candy and is taking the country by storm. And Built Bar has a goal to have every person on the planet eat a Built Bar. Uh, for what it's worth, listeners, any of the flavors with coconut are my personal favorite. so that I, I encourage you to pick one up. Uh, Nick founded Greer Co., which owns and funds over two dozen businesses, thousands of multifamily units, corporate buildings, storage facilities, barns, rental properties, and a gorgeously restored flour mill. That It's amazing. <laughs> uh, one of the businesses included is Scipio, which is a customer uh, messaging platform with a strong lead nurturing capability. And giving back has always been important to the Greer family. So Nick and his wife, Deborah, created the 512 Foundation that provides a weekend meal backpack that feeds thousands of children in his community every week. And lastly, and most importantly, Nick is the proud father of seven talented and busy children. So Nick, you uh, hold the record currently for most children uh, of a guest on the podcast. So congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) Let's give my credit. Let's give the credit to my wife. How about that? (laughs) That's probably a good call. So Nick, tell me about uh, your current team, at, at Built Bar and your role with that team? Yeah, we have a phenomenal team. I mean, listen, if you're building a business, you're always going to be so excited and so stoked, or most of the time, hopefully you are, about your team and who you're working with and side by side in the trenches with day in and day out. And, um, you know, we've been so fortunate here in such a short period of time to create such an incredible team um, that's so talented in so many different areas. But, you know, what I have found, you know, for myself is over the years, I used to, I used to want to build teams that were dependent upon me. And so maybe Mm. the team was centered around me individually, such a huge mistake, uh, massive mistake. It's like, wait a minute. No, I want absolute no dependency upon me because that's not how we scale. Uh, We only scale by maximizing uh, one another and maximizing each other's talents and abilities and strengths. And so we've really started creating a team and we have a team that really is interdependent. And I think that's key. And when you're building a team is having that interdependency and making sure that uh, um, they're not dependent upon one individual, um, but they're actually self-driven. They're self-starters, self-motivators, and they understand the vision. So it's my role as CEO and founder of this company is to actually create that vision for them. And so with that vision is my hope is I may only be able to go this big, meaning the vision may be a certain extent, but when you have the right individuals, which we do here at Built Brands, is we've got a team that actually then expands that tenfold. Um, and that vision becomes 10 times bigger than maybe what you, were, what you were building or expanding or explaining to them in the past. And what you create in the future is 10 times greater than what you ever anticipated because you have the right players and the right team. Gosh, I love that. Thanks, Nick. I, you know, we talk a lot about um, the importance of, of letting people do what they're best at and helping people find their strengths and really excel. 
I think every great culture has people where they, they feel the autonomy to be able to, to grow within their, the organization and do what they do best. Sounds like you've obviously built that at Built Bar, and I know you've done that in previous organizations as well. Tell me about finding the right people, because you, you mentioned you've got a lot of great people at Built Bar. What are some strategies that you've employed to help find the right people in your organization? Uh, no, it's a good question, man. A lot of times it's luck, right? <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and I would say it's a bit divine, too, at the same time, and maybe not even a bit, but it's very much divine. Um, you know, I think what's important is one goal that I have is when people walk into your office, your physical location, what is their feeling? What is that sensation? What is that emotion that they feel? And, and one of the goals that I have is the second they walk through their door, those doors, they say, I've got to be part of this. What is this? It's a feeling I have. There's almost a little bit of a mystery. There's a little bit of an excitement. There's a little bit of this sense of, okay, you know what? I feel something here, but I want to feel more of it. And I want to stay here and I've got to work here. And, yeah. you know, so when people walk through these doors immediately, what I want them to feel is the culture. Um, a lot of times you may think a ping pong table is a culture. No, <laughs> that may be a variable way down the road as far as the equation concerned. But really what you're trying to create is that feeling, that emotion when they walk in, that's the culture. And so when you're building a winning team, you talk about that, which I love the title of this podcast, Building Winning Teams. But when you're building winning teams, they add to the culture and they want to add to that feeling and add to those emotions and continually build off of that. And so what we do is we try to make sure we pay attention to those small details, every little detail. What is their experience like? No different than when you have a product of what yeah. a customer is feeling experiential wise of how they're, how they're experiencing your product. What's the experience of a team member when he or she is walking in or a potential team member when he or she is, is walking in for the very first time? What is that experience? Well, the experience comes down to those small little details and those details add up to the actual culture itself to your business. I love that. Out of curiosity, what do you feel like the feeling is at Built Brands when you walk in? What's, if you had to categorize that feeling, what, what, how would you describe it? Now I'm going to be a bit biased here. So I'm going to try to look in the light or the eyes of maybe an individual that comes in with his or her goggles, right? Yeah. Uh, their, their perception. Um, they're going to, they're going to, their first interaction is going to be when they, they have their, their hand is on that door handle and they open up the door. There's something solid about the door. Um, the detail of that, that it's like that glass and they're walking in. And it's like, this is solid. There's, the, there's a foundation here. There's some, they don't realize that detail mm. of what they're feeling, like even open up the door. And then their first interaction is with two of the most incredible human beings on the planet that have absolute light. And there's this energy. They're like, oh my goodness, it's contagious. Who are these young ladies? They are incredible. They have a light about them, an energy about them. So their interaction. So I'm, my thought is they're going to see, oh my goodness, there's light. There's energy. There's excitement there's comfort, there's happiness. That's what they're going to feel. And then they're going to be sitting down in a NAS, we call it a NAS couch. It's actually a NASCAR that we turn into a couch. So it's a full-fledged NASCAR that is like, it's branded to built because we sponsor Corey LaJoy, one of the greatest racers in NASCAR. And so Corey's like, let me build you the first ever one of a kind NAS couch. Cool. And I'm like, 
I'm like, let's do it, Corey. So he built a NAS couch. So we have his big old mug shot um, and built all over the uh, car itself. So someone sits down on that couch and goes, what is this? The experience. And so the experience continues on with how, what they feel when they walk through the office. But that's the very first thing that I think they're going to feel when they come here at Built. I love that. Well, Nick, you obviously have a, a strong marketing background. Your first company, um, one-to-one marketing. Um, one-on-one. Yeah, one-on-one. one-on-one. Yeah, excuse me. Yep. One-on-one marketing. You uh, obviously built up and sold for a very successful exit. Um, your marketing mind continue, you can, we can hear it in your voice, how, how excited you get about kind of these marketing aspects. Tell me how that creativity and marketing has helped you as a people leader has helped you with your team that you're building there at build and what strategies have you employed to creatively market to your own employees? No, I love that question. You know, it's interesting. I was at a team meeting this morning at Scipio and and so our team was presenting and I realized, okay, I felt the energy was down a little bit. Mm. And here we're, we're, the team was presenting something new, a new feature um, with Scipio that's going to be fantastic. And so I said, you know what? I, I felt like I needed to get up and what do I need to do? I need to bring that energy into the room. Why? Because if you're marketing, and I don't want to say you're trying to sell it, but you are kind of trying to sell it. But what you're trying to do is create a connection in marketing, you, tra- you create connections. And when you create a connection, there's this trust. And when there's trust, there's actual conversion. When there's conversion, yeah. there are sales. When there's sales, everyone's happy. And so <laughs> how do you create better connections? And so I realized I got to create a connection to what they're presenting to actually high energy and excitement. So I said, hey, can I just say something really fast? And I was in the back and I just kind of walked to the side and I just said, let me talk about a use case with this feature that we're talking about this morning and this use case, what it means to a company like built and built brands. And they know I'm part of built, of course. And so I started talking about this use case and you can see the energy shift. You can see the excitement, like enter the room. You can see that like, Oh my gosh, there was a connection with all the product we're talking about, but what we're going to sell here at Scipio to the benefit to a company like built. What is it? It's really marketing and it's really understanding how to communicate to any human being because human beings want to be communicated to on their level. They don't want to be told what to do. They don't want to be told how to do it. They want to be felt. They want to feel like they're in control when they're making decisions to purchase something to actually feel a certain way. Everyone wants to feel that sense of control, right? Or I I should say everyone, I would say maybe the majority of people want to feel that sense of control. Marketing is no different. Marketing to your, your team, meaning understanding how to communicate to your team or marketing or communicating to an end user or a customer is one of the same, is how do I communicate in a way where actually it makes you feel like you're making this decision? You're the one feeling like I'm in control. You're the one actually converting yourself, your soul into actually feeling, you know what? I believe in this product or I believe in this charge or I believe in this vision or I believe I need to pay $39.99 right now for this product. <laughs> Sign me up, put me in. Um, that's marketing. And so it's, I, I think the communication, there's, there's, it's, there's no difference between marketing to your people, meaning communicating to your people, your team, or communicating to a customer. Yeah, I love that story you told. I think um, it sounds like you you did a great job of explaining the why 
really and, and helping them kind of buy, buy in more than just here's the features and benefits, if you will, <laughs> um, the what and the how. A question for you there. We read a lot in business books, the importance of repeating your vision, repeating your values, making sure that the team uh, understands the vision and the values. Is, is that something that you do a lot at Built Bar? And if so, how, how often, how frequently are you talking about these things? What strategies have you used to, to make sure that that message is clear with every member of the team? Yeah. Um, I, think, I think when you talk about values or core values of a company, super important. Um, I think one of the most important things is to live it. Um, you can mm. say it all day long, but you've got to live it. Why? Because when you live it, they feel it. They believe in it. Um, they want to get behind it and they then, then in return, want to live it. Yeah. Um, that's what you're trying to do. And so when it comes to values, the best way to emulate or to share what your values are is to live those values. Can you give me an example? Do you have a value that, uh, you could share an example of? Yeah. So for example, grit, you know, like we have a value of just grit, you know, it's like having that startup mindset, even when mm -hmm. you're growing at such a large scale. Well, how do you live it? Well, you know what? Like, like I, want you, I want you to fight. If I've got someone in supply chain or they're buying our RAWs, for example, with Build, it's like, you know what? I want you to fight for every penny to make sure you're fighting to make sure we get the fairest price instead of saying, well, you know what? We're X amount of millions of dollars in revenue and we're doing okay. So yeah, okay, we'll take that price. Well, what are we going to do? Like, I'm going to live grit. I'm going to speak of grit, but I'm also going to also just fight for grit. I'm going to fight for those small details. Um, I mean, always, I want them to see me and I want them to see everyone else in the organization fighting with grit and being scrappy, like not losing that scrappiness at all. Really, maybe it's more scrappiness than grit, but it's being scrappy to say, no, I got to fight for that five cents, you know, per order, per ounce yeah. or whatever because that may be a savings of $50,000 this year. But, you know, um, Rockefeller actually had something called rivets. And, and we talk about the rivets, every rivet. And so he's, he's shipping these oil cans and he's realizing that every rivet, you know, that they actually put on that oil can cost X amount of pennies. Well, he's like, I think we can eliminate two of the rivets and save a penny and a half, I think it was. Well, what's the big deal? <laughs> Well, I, don't quote me on this, but it was millions and millions of dollars of savings in this day and age of what it, it saved them by actually just eliminating two rivets on every oil can. Hmm. And everyone would say, well, come on, richest man in the world. What's the big deal? No, every rivet matters. And so when you preach the core value of rivets or every rivet matters, that mindset becomes embedded into the DNA and therefore the culture of the company of the business. Yeah, I love that. You, you, Nick, obviously have grown companies from the startup phase to, you know, mid and large and enterprise phase. Um, uh, Nick, I, I know through experience, you know, you've, you've come across a lot of challenges and I wanted to ask how you've dealt with crisis management with your team. Yeah. Um, let me give you, let me give you a couple examples if you're okay with that. That's great. Um, August, August 28th of 2008. We lost, this is an old business of ours, one-on-one. -on -one. We lost one of our biggest customers. And uh, it was the biggest customers. It was 35% of our business. It was a massive hit to us as a business. 
And, you know, I, we had a certain amount of money in the bank that we had saved. Um, and so I could make one of two choices. I could actually then take that money and, and take it and kind of like just eliminate our business or eliminate a lot of that portion of the business and be safe and play it safe. Or I could take that amount of money that we had, I had saved for the five, six years prior to six and a half years before and, uh, and actually go build the business and actually go attack it. Well, I decided to attack it. And I'll never forget, I walked into the office the next day on August 29th. And what I decided is I decided to dress a little bit differently. I wore this bright like polo shirt and uh, I wore no socks that day with my pants, which like nowadays, like that's what everyone does, you know? And I wanted to be like Don Johnson from Miami Vice, you know, just kind of be like cool, but I wasn't, I was far, far from it. And uh, everyone's like, what is going on? I'm like, okay, I'm going to dress differently. I'm going to act differently. You know what? We got to think differently. And, and so it was an opportunity where it was an absolute crisis in the business and everyone knew it. And I said, we're going to spend every last dollar we have to go invest into our technology and into the future of the business. And if anyone remembers 2008 and then 2009, there was a financial crisis that was occurring at that time. Everyone yep. was retracting, right? Right. And so they're pulling back. Well, we decided to actually invest in. And oh my goodness, what a sweet blessing that was. Because over the next year and a half, almost two years, we went, basically we doubled in business and then we tripled in business uh, the year after that. So we 6 x our business in the two-year period. And it was such a blessing because everyone believed in that vision and believed what an awesome opportunity as far as a crisis is concerned to actually take advantage of this crisis to go build what we really want to go build. And yeah. everyone was on board and man, it worked. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, last year, last year we had a crisis where COVID-19 hits and we had an experience where we were the first business um, where we had, we had an employee sue us because they said they contracted um, you know, the uh, coronavirus here at work. It was tough. And without getting into all the details about it, there were other things that hit with our bar and things that were hitting with the fact that uh, people weren't happy with the quality of the bar. And then what happened on top of that, we decided to actually change facilities and change how we're making our bar. And we had excess inventory. We had about eight and a half million bars sitting in the inventory. We had about 19 million bars of raw goods uh, sitting in our, in our warehouse. And we're like, what in the world do we do? All of our cash is sitting in here and we're fighting this coronavirus case and we're fighting the media on everything else. What do we do? Well, you know what? It would have been easy in that situation to retract and sit back and just say, hold on with time. People will forget about it. We took it head on. We're getting interviewed by the news media outlets. People are asking us questions. I'm like, you know what? We're going to be forthright. This is exactly what's going on. Take it head on like no other and actually just own it. And we're going to do everything we can to own it with our customers, to own it with the media, and to own it with anyone else out there in the marketplace. Man, Jordan, it was brutal. It was brutal <laughs> as a business. We lost so much money and so much money had to be sunk back into this business. But what a sweet blessing that was too at the same time, because what crisis can do when you approach it with positivity, you approach it with your team behind your back and say, you know what, this is where we're going to go. And this is what we're going to conquer. And you literally go burn those ships, right? Yeah. And not to sound cliche, but 
you burn those ships. When you burn them and everyone else believes it, you're going to conquer and you're going to come out on top. And I have to tell you, we've absolutely been blessed in the sense that we have come out on top. We are much better of an organization and a team and much better of a product, much better of a brand over the last year, just one year, 12 months ago from right now to since what had happened till today, night and day difference. And I can't wait for the next 12 months. Now, don't bring on more crisis, please. I don't want more of those cases. <laughs> That's not what I'm asking for. But man, when you can take them head on, what you can create from that, what, what a blessing it is. But it all starts with you as the leader up on top saying, okay, let's go fight. Plant that flag in and say, let's burn the ships. We're attacking this. Nick, I love that. I think you obviously did a great job of building belief in your team. Uh, you've got an infectious personality, which it makes, makes it easy to, to rally around you. Um, a, a question I have, it's sort of related to not crisis, but internal conflict. We talk a lot about the importance of creating healthy conflict in meetings to make sure you kind of come to the true answer. Answer, You know, Patrick Lencioni talks a lot about this. Um, how do you feel like in meetings, you what, what's your approach to make sure that uh, people aren't just nodding their heads and saying yes when they have real concerns uh, and making sure that you you get everybody on board? For heaven's sakes, if you come to me with a concern, you better come with a solution. So yeah. first and foremost, if you're the king of just concerns or queen of concerns, I, well, you better be the king or queen of solutions, uh, first and foremost. Um, but secondly, I like to be more one-on-one -on -one than in front of the group. I, I, I have a harder time maybe calling out in front of the group. Sure. Um, I don't want to patronize or um, put down. I, I, you know, there are times you have to share as an example so the group can understand. But for me, I like to challenge, I like to challenge our people in ways where I'm going to question them to the nth degree because I want to see how bought in they are to maybe the solution or the direction or wherever they may be going. Um, and so what am I going to do? I'm going to question, I'm going to battle, I'm going to fight it. And because I want to see how much skin they're willing to put into the game. And if they're willing to put their neck out there on the line, then great. You know what, what do you need from me? How big of an investment? I'm all on board because guess what's going to happen? 99.9% .9 of the time, because you're that bought in. If I believe they're that bought in, they're going to make it a reality. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to question to the nth degree and I'm going to fight them and rebuke it as much as possible. And then it's like, okay, they're in. And I'm willing to go fight with them side by side. I love that. You uh, kind of related to that and coming full circle to what you originally told me about your team. You mentioned that early on, you wanted everybody to be kind of reliant on you uh, as you were building a team, but you've realized now you want to hire great people and let them do what they do best. Um, what is your, if we could, in closing here, tell me maybe one of your top strategies for empowering your people. You know, I would say when you're, when you're trying to, I mean, empower is, I don't want to say it's an overused word, but we say it maybe a lot, you know, in business, you got to empower your people. Um, I think you have to make believers out of non-believers. Hmm. And when you make believers out of non-believers, what you're doing is they're not believing in themselves. They're not believing in their abilities. They're not believing in something around them, maybe their team, maybe the product, maybe the service or whatever it may be. So how can you make believers out of non-believers? And so really what you do is success can be a cure-all. And when they start seeing success, 
on something. And so the faster you can get to success, the faster you can get to a win, the faster you can actually see them, oh, believing, believing in this, then what are you going to do? Oh, you're making believers out of non-believers. And the second that they're believers, what are they going to do? Dude, those believers are only going to grow that belief yeah. and they're going to continue to believe even greater, even greater, even greater. Guess what you can do? Step back and be their biggest cheerleader with the biggest pom-poms and cheer them on the entire way through. I love that. I think small win, winning is a habit, right? And small wins can beget, beget big wins. So I, I, I love that. Um, and, you know, Nick, we, we've really enjoyed speaking with you today and uh, love the, the successful organizations you've created. Uh, best of luck with Bill Bar and Scipio and some of the other groups that you're working with. Uh, before we conclude, how can our listeners find you uh, maybe on the internet? You want them to, you want them to find me? Is that what you want? Jordan? <laughs> no salespeople. So no salespeople, but if they, if they wanted to connect with you, how would they connect with you? Uh, you can connect with me at Robin at builtbar.com. R-O-B-Y-N at builtbar.com. Man, she is a machine and she can just filter everything out and be able to get <laughs> everything set up for me. She is unreal.com. Jordan, you had that experience. Yes, she I did. so good. Yeah, she set, managed set my podcast. Like no other. Yeah, awesome. So, Well, Nick, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us today. Um, you've been incredibly successful at building winning teams. We, we wish you uh, the continued success. And again, thanks to everybody for listening in.